Pastor Shagun open and welcome to everyone here. So thanks for being here in the room. It's just more fun when we're in the room together. But thank you for those that are on the Facebook Live. We appreciate you tuning in every week and we love you. We pray that God blesses you. And uh, man, thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. Um, we're in a great season uh, here at the church. The Lord is just beginning to open up dreams and visions, and uh, there's just a shift that's taken place. I just want to ask a question. In the last few months, so I think, let's split up into, so six months or so since this whole stuff has started. The first three months, it felt like, you know, we were trying to figure out what's going on. Some of us are still in that place of, I don't really understand, but it doesn't matter. The first three months, it was like we got knocked off of balance, and we're trying to figure out what, what this looks like. The next three months, it feels like God began to really speak to us. Is that anyone else? Like, I mean, is, can I see your hand if, like, you felt that same? Like, God began to declare things and tell you things. Okay, if it has, I declare right now it's a season the Lord is going to begin to speak to you. He's going to begin to give you instruction and insight and wisdom and direction. I, very, I, I know this very strongly. Like, he, he became, like, right in the middle of this, he became very clear, and I began to hear his voice very clearly. And it's like, okay, I'm not changing the subject. And I don't know if you've noticed the theme that this whole time. I've kind of stayed on a theme, and I haven't shifted the season. I've stayed on this theme. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be distracted by the culture. Don't allow the influence of the world to shift your faith or make you disappointed or believe lies. or All the stuff we talked about was specifically for a reason. The Lord had me on a task. And I'm a bulldog. I can, I can be a long-term, do the same thing forever. And so until he tells me to do something else, this is what I'm going to do. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't be lost. Don't be confused. Don't be tossed back and forth. This is a season where we should be the most, um, let's see, what's the word? We should have the most wisdom and insight into what's going on than the rest of the world. Believers. Like we shouldn't be caught off guard. The Bible says, I can't do anything on the earth without first telling my servants, the prophets. So the Lord's speaking. So let's just tune in to him. And so I have a couple of things I want to share today. We'll do the offering at the end if you're bringing it in person. Thank you for everyone that does give online. Thank you for those on Facebook that, that you're like, you don't even, you've maybe never even been here and you're giving your tithes and offerings. Thank you for that. We bless you. Um, but I want you to open your Bible to Philippians 3. And I'm going to. I don't know. I'm going to weave two things, two thoughts together. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 12. Like the title on mine says, Pressing Toward the Goal. All right? Pressing Toward the Goal. So Philippians 3 verse 12 says, Not that I have already attained it or am already perfected. This is Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. But I press on. So he's not allowing the fact that he hasn't already gotten there, and he's not allowing the fact that he isn't perfect yet to keep him from going forward a goal that is lofty. I'm going to stop there. Did you hear what Paul said? Not that I have already arrived there. Not that I have already perfected. But I do press on. Don't allow where you are to keep you from pressing on toward a lofty goal. 
That is such a tactic and a trick of the enemy to, to lock us into guilt, shame, comparison, all those things that just get us to be frozen. He wants to freeze you in time. He wants to stop you and put you on pause. You remember last week we were taking off a pause. Those who were on pause, if you weren't here, watch. He wants to remove that pause button in our lives. And the enemy wants to freeze us here. And Paul's saying, not that I've already attained it and not that I'm perfect, but man, I sure am pressing toward a perfect goal. I'm pressing toward a lofty goal. So we need to be that same way. I press on that I may lay hold of that which, for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, he's saying, Jesus has captured my heart. He reached toward me and grabbed me and, and took a hold of me. And I'm pressing on that I may hold him and capture him and his vision and his purpose for my life in the same way that he has grabbed hold of me. He says, brethren, I don't count myself to have already apprehended it. He's like, I'm not there yet, but that doesn't stop me from pursuing it. Amen? I'll probably say that like 15 more times. We're not there yet, but that doesn't keep us from pressing toward it. We may have stumbled. We may have fallen. We may have been lost. We may have been confused. Name the thing. It doesn't matter. Press on anyway. Yeah. Get up. Amen. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up. Gets up. Man, that's for someone very specific. Get up. Get up. No pity parties in the kingdom. No pity parties. Come on, get up. Dust yourself off and go for it. It's okay. All right. But one thing I do, here's how he did it. Okay, I haven't gotten there yet. Okay, I'm not perfect yet. Okay, I haven't apprehended it. But one thing I will do, I'm going to forget the things that are behind me. (laughs) Forgetting those things which are behind me. So I'm doing one thing, I'm forgetting, and then he says, I'm reaching toward a lofty goal. I'm reaching toward a goal that's before me, that's in front of me, that's ahead of me, not behind me. Come on. Now, this is a cheesy example, but it, it works. How, what's the size of the rearview mirror on your car? Really, how, what's the size of your windshield on your car? All right, it's cheesy, but it makes it, it's absolute, because we're made to look forward yeah, every now and then we look back and we check, you know, check our blind spots and we look back in. But man, we were made to go forward. We weren't made to go backwards. Like you can't go back in time and undo something. So what do you do? You forget, right? You forget it. You move on. You repent and you go forward. All right. This is what he tells us to do. Press toward the goal. I press toward the goal for the prize of the calling of Christ Jesus. And he says, therefore, let us as many are mature. So this is who... This is how mature people act. Okay, it didn't say mature people don't fail. It didn't say mature people don't fall short of what they're going for. But mature people forget what is behind them and they press on anyway. He says, have this mind. And if any of you think, uh, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. So he's saying, even if you're struggling with what I'm telling you right now, even if all of your, your weaknesses and fears and failures and all this stuff is flooding your heart right now, it's okay because God will reveal to you what I'm telling you is the truth. God is going to speak to you in the secret place. See, he has access to your soul while you sleep. He has access to your spirit while you sleep And he will begin to prophesy over you. And he will begin to call out things that are inside of you that your conscious mind suppresses, but when you're sleeping, he will call it and awaken it inside of you. Did you know that's the truth? So you may be struggling, like, I don't know how to press on. I don't know how to keep going. That's okay. Jesus trusts you. 
Paul's saying, it's okay. God will reveal this to you. It's going to be all right. You're going you're gonna to become mature. <clears throat> Nevertheless, verse 16, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us be of the same mind. So he closes it out and says, okay, however far you've already gone toward the mark, maintain that position as you go forward. Don't abandon what you've learned in your process of going forward. Maintain the level of perfection, for lack of better words, but it's his words here. I haven't attained perfection, but he's saying the level that you have reached, maintain that level, steward that level, take care of it as you press forward. See, that's what happens in the kingdom. We have growth moments. We have moments, they're, they're called kairos moments. You've heard this word, it's a Greek word. It's like an and suddenly time when God, his will and our heart merges together and we partner and all of a sudden something happens that didn't seem was gonna happen before. It's a kairos moment. This is what's happening here. He's saying, keep doing the things you know to do as you press into new territories. That's a really good thing for us to know as believers because many of us right now are entering to a new season and in that, the, the key to prospering in the new season isn't to just jump into the new season and forget everything that we already know. What we already know prepares us to live in the new season. What we have already conquered, the things that are behind us that we are forgetting, they have built something inside of us that is preparing us as we press forward. You see, this is how the Israelites took their promised land. God told them, hey, I can't give it to you all at one time because these people that are there are vicious people and they will overwhelm you. And not only will the people that live in this land overwhelm you, the beasts that live there will over overwhelm you. You won't even know how to live. So I'm going to give it to you a little bit at a time. So they would conquer a territory at a time and set up their establishment there. But then their heart was being pulled forward into the full promised land. So you're not, you're not living underneath the promises of God just because you haven't attained the fullness of the promise. Yeah. It's the now and the not yet. So Israel comes out as conquerors and they begin to destroy and win and take territory back that was their land in the very beginning and they begin to fight for it. Come on. And they begin to, to, to steward that property and then they got more and more and more until all of it was back to where it was supposed to be in the first place. And as they did this, guess what happened? The people that they conquered had built fields for them, had already prepared the soil. There were vines already growing. There were crops already ready to be harvested. That Israel, when they stepped forward, forgetting what was behind, forgetting Egypt, forgetting the bondage, forgetting how they failed God and ended, in, in, ended into captivity again, they kept moving forward. And as they moved forward, they stepped into a place of promise. There were houses built for them that they didn't have to build. They ate fruit from vineyards that they didn't plant and work for because they trusted God in the process. And as they stepped forward, they took new territory. And I, I don't know, there's some, I, I hope this makes sense to you. Like I've, I've said things here that I didn't, didn't plan that I need to go and process on my own because I, there's something on it. I know it's true. And God wants us to step into a new season. So take the things that we've done before, steward, manage, take care of what we have until he gives us a new season. Habakkuk chapter 3 says, says it like this Habakkuk 2 actually I want to make sure I'm right on that what? 
Nahum, Habakkuk. Yeah, it's chapter 2. Excuse me. Habakkuk, chapter 2, almost at the end of the New Testament. Small little prophetic book there. And verse 1 says, I will stand my watch, and I will set myself on the rampart. And I will watch to see what he will say to me, and what I will answer him when I am corrected. Whew. Then the Lord said to me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he, who, who, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, come on, wait for it, because it will surely come and it will not delay. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by what? Faith. Faith. There's some interesting words there. When it says, write it down on plain tablets, he's, it's literally meaning tables or planks of stone where it's carved. So that it's not just a temporary word, but it's something that you live upon the rest of your life. And it's as though it tarries wait for it. And it, what that word there literally means is let it pierce your heart until it's written there. The promise, the thing that you're pressing toward, write it down. Keep it on your heart. Memorize it. Study it. Rehearse it over and over again. What did God say? Do that until it absolutely pierces your heart and is written on your heart. It's the same. It's the parallel of pressing forward. Not that I've already attained it, but I'm going to press forward it. For it. I'm going to. I'm going to get there. It's the same thing here. Though it waits, keep keep going after it. Though it tarries, it's not going to. It's not going to lie to you. It's going to happen. Go for it. And I feel like this is where we're at right now. That God wants us to press on. This is this is a personal word. This is this is a literally for every person here. There is a place in your life that God wants you to, to begin to conquer and to take over, a new season. Amen. Amen. How many of you have a vision for your life? Don't, don't raise your hand. I'm going to close my eyes. How many have a vision for your life? You're like, you have a general idea what God wants to do with your life. If you don't know, no wonder it's confusing. If you don't know who you are and where you're going, of course every wave that comes along is going to move you and toss you around. Same for me. Like, there... There may be areas of my life where I'm very focused, but then there are other areas of my life where I'm thrown around in that area because I don't know God's heart for me in that area. Well, it's time for me to know God's heart for every area of my life. And it's time for me to know his purposes for me going forward because why would I want to give my energy and effort to something I don't know yet? Like, here's the point. We're going to live our life and we're going to pour our heart into things. We might as well pour it into God's plan for our life. And if I don't know what that is, then what am I pouring my heart and my energy and my effort into? 
If I don't know, oh, I'm just lucky and I trip into this. Probably so. God's grace is amazing. It blows my mind how I end up places I'd never even deserve to be there because God just helped me. He's like, okay, yeah, buddy, let's, let's go this way. <laughs> I didn't even know, right? Yeah, that happens all the time, right? He's a good father who's sovereign. He leads us, but he leads us. But man, I want to know what he wants for me. And I want to have an identity. Because this is true. If I don't know my identity in Christ, then I will take whatever the most important person says about me, and that will become my identity. Who's the most important person in your life? If you don't know God's purpose and identity for you, that person's idea of who you should be will become what you pursue. It's absolutely true. It happens. It's natural. And the Lord wants to be the one to write his identity on our heart, that we do not stray, that we do not get off course, that we don't waste energy on things that actually aren't for our good or benefit. Man, I remember I could, looking back in the rearview mirror, I can think right now of many things I poured a lot of energy to that were worthless things. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Things I poured a lot of time and energy and worry and stress and effort and toil and manipulation and everything to try to make this thing work. And it wasn't good for me. And so it never worked. I'm like, why won't this work? It's just God saying, I'm a good father and I'm really taking care of you right now. Always. It's so much better your way. <laughs> Would you say that? It's so much better God's way. It just is. And let me just say this. For anyone that's afraid that serving God is boring, couldn't be furthest from the truth. And I love that we as a church are discovering what it means to be fun Christians. Like, for real. Like, I feel like we're learning this. Like, it's not, it's not the, the, the picture in our head of what, it, what we've always thought it had to be. No, we are, we are dangerous Powerful, fun, joyful, peaceful, wise. Come on. That's what believers are. That's who we are. So if you don't know who you are, don't wait another day or another week. Now, I believe with all my heart, God could speak to you right now and tell you what your identity is. Or he could reveal. It's been there all along, and he's been shaping it and forming it in you all along. And he could speak it to you right now and change your life. And God, I ask you to do that. For anyone that wants that now, do it. It can absolutely change your life. But I also know this is something that you have to go after and pursue. Intentionality. We don't just stumble into a promised land. Even Jesus was led into the wilderness first to be tested by the devil so he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit, and he came out of it with power of the Holy Spirit because he, he, he discovered fully who he was in that place. He just did. He already knew it, but he was tested in a way that convinced him once and for all, yeah, I'm God's son, and I will have no other agenda for my life, period. And he left the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, would you stand with me? We're going to close things out. <clears throat> Jesus
I'm serious about this. You need to know who you are. You need to know who you are. You need to know what you believe to be true. You need to know. You need to have convictions. You need to live your life with conviction. Like, I don't just do this because it needs to be done. I do it because I have a conviction for it. I am compelled to live this way. It burns inside my bones. Come on, how many feel that? Like, I have, I have telling you, I've rediscovered something about my calling. Like, it's fire inside of me right now. I, I am so serious. I've never been more serious about my calling in, in my whole life in, in declaring the word of the Lord. That's my calling. Wow, it's fire inside of me. Hmm. Why don't you just ask the Lord? If you know your identity, just ask him to, to strengthen it. Ask him to pour everything that you need into that, to, to fully become it. Oh, I haven't attained it. I haven't got there yet, but man, I'm going to keep going after it. Oh. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts right now. Reveal who we are, who we are in Christ, who we were created to be. Break off every false label. Break off every rabbit trail and distraction. Get us on message. Firmly plant us. Give us deep roots. Anchor us to Jesus and who you say that we are. No more wondering. Whoa. And say it. No more wondering. <laughs> Jesus, we love you. If you're seated with someone you came with, I want you to just pray for each other where you're at. If you're, if you're alone and distancing, just stretch your hand out towards someone. Pray for your family. If your family's at home, if you're on shifts today, pray over your family. There's something happening right now. We're learning who we are. Father, I declare that we will know who we are. Every young person, every child in this room will know who they are, that we as parents will know how to raise them in that identity. Give us tactics. <laughs> Let us mold them. We break agreement with every lie that we've believed about who we are. And we put you, God, in your God spot, the only place that you belong. No one else belongs there. If you're here and you've put someone in that place where only God belongs, you know, we've talked about it, the relationship rings, you've got the circle. That's only room for you and God in that inner circle. And then as you go out, more people are invited into that circle. 
But we got to get the God one right. We got to get it proper. So if you have someone else in that place that they are an idol or they're more important than God or they have become what you live for, you got to get God there first and it will make that relationship with that person better. It just will. So just ask him to take his place. God, take your rightful place in my heart. God, I ask that you would sit on the throne of my heart. You sit on a throne in heaven, but I ask you to come sit on a throne in my heart and rule my heart and have authority over every area of my life. I know you're a good steward. You're a good gardener. And if I give you authority over my garden, the garden of my heart, you're going to take great care of me, and I trust you to do so. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we trust you, Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. If you want prayer, we'll meet you here at the front. If you want us to lay hands on you, we would love to. If you want us to distance from you, we will, right? But we want to pray for you. We don't want you to leave. If you still don't know who you are, you have an assignment then. It's an unfinished task. It's an unchecked task that you need to finish this week. You need to find out who you are. I want to thank again those that watched on Facebook. We pray that the presence of God comes to your home right now, and he blesses you, and he fulfills you. Huh. Oh, it's so good to see all y'all. All you guys, good to see you. Welcome back. Over the next few weeks, we're going to start seeing more and more people come into the house. It's, it's, it's going to feel like a new season, and uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, I, there's nothing like going to church. Like You know how I feel about that. I'm a church boy. But man, it just feels right being in the room with you guys. It just does. It feels right. So I just bless every one of you. And Father, I just pray one more prayer. I ask that you would reveal our identity and that you would make us bulldogs about it and that we won't be distracted or veer off to the right or to the left, but that we'll be convicted to pursue after that identity with all of our heart. Give us clarity, give us focus, and give us passion. In Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you have your offering, we have buckets right here. We'll take the offering up in place. Thank you so much for being here. We love you and we bless you. And, um,